So what is love? This morning we're talking about love. When Jesus came uh, to this earth, he brought with him four things, the four things that we recognize and celebrate in Advent. We recognize that he brought hope, he brought peace, brought joy, and he brought love. So culture tells us, society tells us that, that love is, has no standards. That love means that anything goes. That if it makes you happy, just go do it. Um, the rock and roll band from England tells us that all you need is, right, yeah, all you need is love. Love is all you need. Love is fluid. It's not concrete in our society, in our culture. Love is sometimes disposable. You do you, right? You've heard that? You do you. Love has no commitment. There is no covenant towards love in our society often. We sometimes confuse acceptance with love, tolerance with love, being non-judgmental, open-mindedness. Our desires, our pleasures, we often confuse or equate with love. That's what our culture teaches us. But this morning, we're also going to look at what, how Jesus defines love and what his scripture, what, his, what the word of God teaches us about love. It teaches us four things. The first one is that biblical love is sacrificial. 1 John 3, 16 through 18 says this. This is how we know what love is. Hmm, he tells us right here. This is it. Biblical definition. Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Biblical love is sacrificial and biblical love is also responsible that we may live responsibly through Christ. 1 John 4, 7-12 says that, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. doesn't come from society. doesn't come from culture. doesn't come from what we see on the TV or from Hollywood. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves, God, loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who does not Love does not know God because God is love. So biblical love is sacrificial. Biblical love is responsible. And biblical love is accountable. James 5.20 says this. It says, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. God's love is accountable. Right? So I think this verse is telling us, hey, helping a friend or family member gain victory over an addiction, that's what love looks like. Helping, helping someone gain victory over sexual confusion, gain victory over anger, victory over greed, victory over jealousy, over lust, victory over violence and abuse, victory over any lie that the enemy is telling them or you or me. Victory over, you fill in the blank, whatever that is. Fill, fill it in. Jesus came to set us free. 
came to give us victory over sin and death. Do you believe that this morning? That is why he came to this earth. Pastor and author Tony Evans says that love is compassion with standards. I love that. Love is compassion with standards. You want to know what the the most effective ministry that St. Matthew's has? In my opinion, it's not birthday gift for Christ, sorry. It's not Trinity Mission. It's not our worship services on Sunday morning. It's not our Sunday schools. It's not our children's ministry, sorry, Kate. It's not our student ministry. It's Alcoholics Anonymous. Meets here seven days a week, right up here in these rooms. That, in my opinion, is where the most life-changing, transforming stuff that's happening at this church is happening every week right up there in, in this hallway. Most effective, life-changing, and transforming lives is right up there every single day. Even on Christmas Day, they will be meeting here in this church. So just like a, a parent has standards for a child, God's love has standards for us, right? Like we would say, hey, um, you can't go outside unless you clean your room, right? We have standards. Don't use that language or else I'm taking your car keys away, right? We have standards for, for our kids and, and for life. God is the same way for us. Next, biblical love is unreciprocating. Matthew 5, 43 through 44 says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so for this one, I'm like, God, you can't be serious, right? Love my enemies? Love my enemy? Pray for those who persecute me? You must be joking. This can't be right. But God calls us to to love without expecting love or anything else in return, doesn't he? That is, that's a hard one. That is such a hard one. I kind of wish that one wasn't in there, but it is. So we ask ourselves, hey, who is that person in your life that may be your enemy or you may be mad at that we need to be in prayer for? Maybe who is a coworker that you just don't really enjoy being around or that gives you a hard time in, in the office that you need to be praying for? Maybe it's a family member, a friend. Maybe it's a fan of uh, Ole Miss or a fan of Mississippi State that is your rival that you need to be praying for. Right? Our our text today, um, as as Kate has already mentioned, comes from Luke 1. We're going to read through 39 through 55. And this is Mary's song. And Mary is, is praising God for what he has done in her life and is going to do through her life. It says this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. 
And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so I think Mary is is teaching us four things here in her song. Sometimes this is called the the Magnificat. Um, You might be familiar with with that term. Um, But the first thing Mary is teaching us here is is to be humble, just like she was. In 46 through 48, she said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She's talking about herself. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And Mary was, a, was such an unlikely person to, uh, to be the, the bearer of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. She was just a young, poor peasant girl that lived in, in a podunk town. Nobody went by. Nobody, nobody, it wasn't on the main drag of 55. Nobody was, was, was passing by, waving. But God chose the most unlikely person to do the greatest thing in the world, to bring his one and only son to us. C.S. Lewis says this, says that, that true humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I believe that is definitely the case for Mary. Um, she knew what her purpose was, and she knew that, that God was using her to rescue herself, but also to rescue the entire globe through her. That's, a, that's an incredible, humbling thing to think about and process. So she's calling us to be humble. The second thing she's, um, Mary is calling us to do is to be grateful. Verses 49 through 50 says, For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. So Mary is recognizing just the the magnificent thing that God is doing in her to bless the world, to bless the globe, to even bless us here in 2021. And and I think about the things in in our lives that, that we sometimes take for granted. Uh, and for me personally, like, right, we, we, I think I, I take for granted that I have a roof over my head every day, that I have uh, a roof, uh, a water, clean water to drink, that I have uh, even something as small as having toothpaste, right, um, that we have food on our tables, and we don't have to, to wonder where the next meal is coming from or where the next snack is coming from. We have so much to be grateful for. Um, and sometimes we just need to, to pause and reflect upon these, these things as, as Mary did. Um, and sometimes uh, even if we feel uh, a little down on ourselves, a little depressed, um, sometimes we just need to change our perspective and think about 
Not focus on the, the bad things of our situation, but focus on and try and find, as hard as it may be, to find a positive in whatever our situation may be and give glory to God for that and recognize that that is God blessing me, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of this confusion or crazy situation that I'm in. There's a quote that says that joyful people aren't grateful because they're joyful. They're joyful because they're grateful. And I think that's very true. The more grateful we are, the more thankful we are, the more joyful we will be. Pastor and author Francis Chan says, it's crazy if you think about it, the God of the universe, the creator of nitrogen and pine needles, galaxies and E minor, loves us with a radical, unconditional, self-sacrificing love. And what is our typical response? We go to church, we sing songs, and we try not to cuss, right? That's our typical response to, to, to the cross, to Jesus. We go to church, we sing songs, and we try not to cuss. I think Francis Chan is, is reminding us and telling us, hey, our response to the cross should be a radical gratefulness, radical thankfulness, just as his love is radical towards us by offering our lives, as, a, as Romans says, a living sacrifice. We offered our lives as a, as a living sacrifice. So I ask us, hey, how, how can I regularly be a living sacrifice for Jesus? More than just, just on uh, maybe getting here on Sunday mornings to go to church and try not to cuss. How can I regularly be a sacrifice for Jesus? I think it's important that we are regularly serving and regularly offering our lives. The Great Commission doesn't say to sit, does it? says to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Don't, don't sit on the couch. Don't sit on the sidelines. It says go. So we need to be regularly involved, not just helping out once a year or twice a year, whatever it may be, regularly. Third thing is that Mary teaches us is to be intentional. Um, there in 50, 51 through 53, she says this. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. And I believe that, that God honors those that honors him. God is intentional in his love and his championing of the poor and the oppressed. That is mentioned multiple times throughout scripture. And I think God is calling us not to only be intentional in our, our loving and, and caring for the poor and the, the oppressed, but just in general being intentional about how we show love and appreciation and care for the people that are in our lives every day. So I, I just ask the question of who, who is somebody in, in your life that you could be more intentional with? Who is somebody in your life that you could just say, hey, you know, I just really appreciate you. I appreciate you just being, being there. I appreciate you being my friend. Um, maybe it's being intentional and, and writing them a, a card, writing them a note. Um, just being intentional, whatever that looks like for you. This is something that I've been trying to work on in my, my own life, in my own journey, is to be more intentional about expressing love, expressing care. 
Um, and being intentional is thinking outside of ourselves, right? Um, we're, we're thinking less of us and more of everyone else. I have a friend that, that started a homeless ministry. It's called Shower Power. And uh, one day there was a guy that, actually it was the second day Shower Power ever existed. Um, and it's, they, they offer sh- showers to, to homeless and, um, and clothing. And, and they have a, f- a food pantry and things of that nature that takes place downtown every Friday. And, and the very second day ever um, that Shower Power was, was functioning, this guy came uh, to, to get a shower. And my, my friend got his, his number and told him that she was going to call him later that afternoon. And she ends up calling him. And he says, hey, I was just wondering, could you help me out with uh, a hotel room for the night? Because I've been sleeping in my truck. And she's like, sure. Um, uh, where, where do you want to stay? She gives him the option to, you know, he could have said the Hilton for, for all she knew. Um, and she told him where, where he wanted to stay. It was at a hotel somewhere in Pearl. And, and she didn't just get him a hotel for one night. She got him a hotel for three. She was being intentional. But it, the story doesn't stop there. Um, she, she found out that this guy um, loved sports and that he would often call ESPN radio to answer their trivia. And she happened to know a guy that, that was on the radio for ESPN. So she called him to, to, to get the skinny on, on the rest of kind of what he's about. Is he a good dude? Is, is, he, um, is he trustworthy? That sort of thing. So she calls him and, and uh, he, he tells her, like, yeah, well, I, know, I know him. Um, his name's Primetime. Yes, like Deion Sanders. His name is Primetime, and that is why he is called Primetime. He was an was Atlanta Falcons fan, um, and it has been called Primetime, not just since Deion came to Jackson. It, he's, he's been uh, Primetime for a long time. But anyway, um, so uh, the guy at the radio station says, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good dude, and and he's solid and, and, and things of that nature. And um, she gets to thinking, she's like, I, you know, I just recently purchased this little house out in Flowood as a pink door. And I was going to use it for storage. That's why I bought it. I got a good deal on it. Just going to put some extra things in there. But it turns out that she realized God had a different plan for this house. And she... Um, eventually got back in touch with Primetime after she finds out that he's a good, upstanding citizen, trustworthy and all that. And, and she, she says, hey, I have this house. Um, would you like to stay in it? And, and of course he says, yes, I would love to stay in this house. And, um, and so now Primetime is, uh, is not living in his truck. He is, he is living in this house and he's actually working for now for Shower Power, so he's earning money. He helps run the shower truck that, that we have down there, and as well as other things of managing the, the building and things of that nature. And, and, and so Primetime is um, due to her intentional love and care for this person. Is His life is changed forever. He's no longer in his truck. He has a job. He's providing for himself. And just, a, just an incredible human being that he is. So that is what intentional love looks like. The fourth and final thing is this, is to be faithful. 54 through 55 says, Mary tells us that he has helped his servant Israel 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So Mary is is reminding us that that God is faithful in fulfilling his promise, his promise to Abraham. Remember the promise to Abraham? That your seed is going to bless the nations forever. And, And Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise. Mary knows this. Mary knows the Old Testament. She knows the Psalms. She knows Genesis. She knows what is happening. And uh, I can't imagine, you know, comprehending consciously what is going on, like realizing, oh, hey, remember, like we studied about Abraham and he told us about this promise and, and now she's like, oh, he's, he's doing that with me. He's fulfilling that with me. I can't, I can't even comprehend what, what that would have been like. But, um, yeah, so be faithful as God is faithful to us. And God was faithful in fulfilling not just that promise, but God is faithful in fulfilling every promise that he has ever promised, right? There was a, a family um, that was from Chicago, and they had, a, they had a son named Kevin. And they were going on a trip to Paris, and he, um, things were crazy as he was, uh, as, as they were getting ready to, to hop in the car and, and Kevin gets left behind. He, he gets left at home and his mom, Kate, once they get there, uh, she's like looking around there, where is Kevin? And then it hits her. He didn't get, in, he didn't make it into the car. And she's, all these thoughts are going through her head. She's like, I'm such a terrible mother. He's not with me. Um, we're in another country, and he's back in the United States. What have I done? And so she flies back. She makes it back to Philadelphia. The flights are canceled. Weather is crazy, okay? And so she finds this, this polka band that's at the airport. They end up renting. They're trying to, to get somewhere, and she's like, I can't, can't get a flight out of here. i got to get back to my son. And she hops in the back of this moving van with this polka, polka band, and and rides from Philadelphia all the way back to Chicago. And this is what happens next. Christmas, sweetheart. 
Everybody else. Oh, baby, they couldn't come. They wanted to so much. No, I didn't fall asleep in the back of the cabin. You do drool. I spit. Come on, you're back. It's Christmas. Kevin. 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 Oh, it's Ah, you're all right. I love you. You okay? Hey, Kev. Pretty cool that you didn't burn the place down. Thanks, Buzz. Wait a minute. How did you guys get home? Oh, we took the morning flight, remember? The one you didn't want to wait for? Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Well, someone has to find an open store. We don't even have milk here. I went shopping yesterday. You shopping? I got the milk, eggs, and fabric softener. No kidding. What a funny guy. What else did you do while we were away? Just hung around. You guys put your stuff upstairs. You went shopping? He does not know how to tie his shoe. He's going shopping. All right, so. Kate thought that she was the most worst, horrible mom, completely unfaithful. But it turns out in the end that she was actually very, very, very faithful. From They ditched their trip. They all came back home and, um, to show her faithfulness and love towards, towards Kevin. And so I want to ask us this morning, how can we be more faithful in our friendships? How can we be more faithful in our marriages? How can we be more faithful in our jobs? How can we be more faithful to our families and be the, the godly moms and dads that we're, we're created and need to be? How do I need to be more faithful in my tithing and giving towards the church? How can I be more faithful in, in my serving the church and serving the Lord? So my challenge for us this morning is, is this, is to seek the Lord and to say, Lord, what... What are the areas of my life that I need to be more humble? Lord, what are the areas of my life that I need to be more grateful and show gratitude towards you of of all of the things that you've blessed me with in my life? What are the things in, in my life and the areas that I need to be more intentional in? What are the relationships that I need to be more intentional with? Who is that person? Who are they, Lord? Lord, reveal that to me now. And then lastly, Lord, show me how to be more faithful as you are faithful. Show me what biblical, godly faithfulness looks like.